Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. In studio today with me is Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, myself, Darren Long, and our show today is going to be focused on a little bit about silver and what's happening behind the scenes. And we're going to be talking storage. We're going to be talking about diamonds, the pink argyle tender in full effect right now. It's being obviously housed in one part of the world where people are getting a chance to go and look at all of the pink diamonds that are in this year's tender. A lot to be said about pricing and what the effect is going to be on the existing diamonds we have in inventory. And we have an article, Jeremy, that's going to be exciting to talk about. We're going to use it for the show today. And uh, it comes to us from Silver Doctors. And it's an article which was translated from a French analyst. And uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time dealing with this because it really puts into context what we feel is happening behind the scenes. It's something so important to share with our listeners and those that are listening to the show for the first time. You'll want to stay tuned because it's extremely exciting And it kind of tells us where the price of silver may be heading in the short term. And I think one of the things that makes this such a good article is in contrast to what's happening in the market where the price doesn't seem to be doing much. A lot of people will look at the value of silver as as their motivation to whether or not to acquire it or maybe sell some off, whatever the case is. But this is the type of article that regardless of what the current value of silver is today, builds up the case for why the value of silver is going to be just massively higher than it is today in the coming years. So I think as we go through the fundamentals as put forth in this article, which another aspect of this is just how how well this author has put together all of the things that we talk about on the show week to week, Darren, but just diving deeper and putting it all together in a way that gets the whole story across in, in one one shot. The number to call to get going is one eight seven seven eight silver and the website to use while you're listening to the show, if you have the chance to do so, is guildhallwealth.com. I will remind our listeners, you can go there during the show if you want to shop, if you want to pick up some bars, some coins, whatever you want to do to get started, the information is there at the site. And of course, as always, we will be giving you these prompts throughout the show to remind you where to head and get that product. Now, Jeremy, this article is called, that we brought this week, is called Someone is Cornering the Silver Market to Cause a Silver Shortage. And it was written by uh, Cyril Joubert, and it was posted on multiple sites. I got it off of the Silver Doctors website. The original, of course, is in French, and it was translated. But it is a synopsis that is just jam-packed with technical, factual data about where we stand in the silver market right now, which is... Nothing short of incredible when you look at it in the grand scheme of things. It's telling us that there are several entities accumulating, one of the largest we've talked about in JP Morgan, and it's telling us all about where supply and demand sits right now. And it's giving us insight to to give us this setup of sorts that could take the price of silver sky high. Yeah, one of the things that it does discuss, we'll we'll discuss it throughout the show and, and repeat it a little bit for those that miss it, is one of the things was that China stopped letting silver out of the country several years back. That was a massive new move for the silver market. And another big move that's been occurring in the market over the last several years is the fact that JP Morgan has been accumulating physical silver in their vaults as well. So you have this building up of supply 
another entity saying, we're not going to let any of that supply leave this country, imports only. And so you, you start to see things are happening behind the scenes that are that don't have anything to do with the actual price at the moment. But what it leads to down the road is going to be very, very exciting. Well, let's set the stage here for what this article discusses. It starts off by telling us a little bit of history about what has happened in the most recent past. And that is, and we've talked about this idea that investors, they're not 100% certain. When the price of an asset falls, Jeremy, and we've talked about it on The Real Money Show at length, sometimes investors are not set up, humanly set up, and mentally set up to take the contrarian position. They don't always want to buy what is falling in value, even though they believe that long-term that value will hold true, that it will stand pat, that the price of silver or gold, for that matter, will go multiple times higher. They still don't want to dip their toe in the water. Yeah, and I think in that sense, we we want to keep an eye on the fundamentals at all times. Inflation, currency devaluation, uh, you've got... Um, geopolitical unrest that occurs as a result of printing money and devaluing your currency, and then looking at the supply demand and saying, well, how much product is actually out there that we can get our hands on? And I think that when we look at the fundamentals, that the smaller moves in the market, those day-to-day moves, or even month-to-month and and year-to-year in a much bigger bull market, they tend to not be as important. A perfect example is if you look at gold over the last 15 years, it's only had three down years in Canadian dollars, uh, which is what we're buying our, our physical assets in gold. And two of those were under 2%. So you only had one big major downdraft in gold in 15 years. And I would think any advisor would look at that type of performance and say, well, that's remarkable. But we're not looking at it in Canadian dollars. We're looking at it in US dollars. So it is a bit of optics. And we want to get beyond the optics so that people understand why it's so important to have this as an asset in your portfolio. All right. The article starts by saying, in 2017, investment in silver, which is physical bar, coin purchase, and ETF investments fell by 40% year over year. In value terms, annual identifiable investment was worth approximately $2.6 billion for the whole year. So that which was bought in the form in the form of physical bars and coins uh, and purchased through ETFs amounted to approximately $2.6 billion in total net. Small market. Right. In the first six months, however, of 2018, says this article, investments just in silver physical bars alone jumped to $27.3 billion. In such a small market is an explosive bit of information. Nobody is aware of this happening yet. So the silver price is still under $16 today, but it's not going to last long as he's pointing out. This whole article is talking about that situation. The open interest on the market, the amount of buys and sells is around 1 billion ounces on the COMEX. And he says there will be, and I quote, a huge short squeeze before the end of the year. Remember the rule for silver as for gold. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. Well, that's a great quote. I wonder if he's been listening to The Real Money Show on you that one. You never know. But so you have in 2017, $2.6 for the silver industry as a whole. And then by the first six months of 2018, silver physical bars jumped to a $27 billion market. And when you think about that, that 
to me, part of that is the fact that when the when the price goes low, you can acquire a lot more. You see the value in it. Savvy investors jump in. And the other part of it for me is that the selling is over. Regardless of the price, I know for every buyer there's a seller. But when we look at our own uh, clients, we look at the market, we see that there's no panic selling in the market. There's really savvy buyers only. Um, you know, we'll see... 10 to 15 buys for every tiny sell uh, in this market. So we know that there's a lot more buyers than sellers at this point. So the only gap that needs to be filled, Darren, which I hope this article does it over the over the, the course of the show today, is if it's all just buyers, how come the price isn't just going through the roof like the market market cap is in a way? Right. So he says in the first six months of 2018, the amount of just silver buyers alone $27.3 billion. How does that happen? All right, let's talk about this and what it says. First, it touches on understanding where the supply is coming from. So in this article, he talks about the amount of underground silver. Now, back when we started this show in 2008, we talked about a study that had been done many years prior to that by the U.S. Geological Survey, and they talk about enough silver in the ground to, at the current rate of mining to last until 2029. This article reiterates that exact same amount uh, of information in what he says, basically saying that underneath the ground, 510,000 tons of total known silver reserves from since 2010, from which he subtracted production year after year. So if he takes away the production that has been completed since 2010 up to 2018. And what he's left with is a net amount of 307,000 tons total left to be dug up at the current, with the current technology at the current rate of mining. So that's not a lot to begin with. Now, basically saying that's a 40% drop. So since 2010, it tells us one, the amount of product being pulled out of the ground is a lot more. And two, that it's happening much more so without us being aware. So we talk about silver being a byproduct of copper, zinc, lead, other types of mining, gold mining. But what we don't realize is that it's contributing on such a large scale because of the amount of other operations in those other metals that the silver being pulled out of the ground is happening quicker than in ever before in history. So despite there not being new silver mines, it's still coming out of the ground much, much quicker. So more or less, there are only 307,000, give or take, tons of underground reserves. And at the current rate of mining, that's enough for 12 more years of pulling silver out of the ground. And, that's it. And SRS Rocco report is saying in, in another report recently is that mine production is falling. Right. Uh, so this isn't even if the value of silver were to double or triple and all those mining companies start to amp up production. Um, so it could happen a lot quicker as well. So the idea here is that you've got a dwindling resource, a strategic resource in a way, because there's only a certain amount of tons that are going to be put into solar power, computers, cars, cell phones, plasma screen TVs, medical usages, um, you know, you name it, anything digital, electronic, modern day has silver in it. So a long-term game might be to own some physical asset that is being diminished as we speak. All right. He's saying that there's basically going to be a huge amount of rush to silver. We're going to talk about that when we come back, why the prices are going higher in silver and why it might happen in the next couple of months. That and much, much more in the show. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Get there for your free investor kit. 
get onto the weekly newsletter, get educated about what we're talking and discussing on today's show. When we come back, we'll touch base on that and much, much more. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. And once again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. I think you're going to want to use it this week, folks, because what we're talking about is an article was posted on Silver Doctors this week from a French analyst who does a fantastic job at summarizing everything we discuss on the weekly Real Money Show. And in the first segment, we just touched base on the difference in what's happening over the last couple of years and why people might have been uh, not watching or paying attention. And we talked about the fact that last year there was a drop-off of around 40% in total numbers year over year from 2016, which meant the total spend on bars, coins, and ETF purchases in silver was about a measly $2.6 billion. Yet in 2018, in the first six months of the year, on bars alone, we're at $27.6 billion. And you're not going to get that information on mainstream media either, Darren. All you're going to hear on mainstream media is how great you know the tech companies are doing, or if they're not doing so well, the excuses as to why they're not doing so well. But look, the stock market's very much overvalued. Um, debt is starting to have to be paid back. You're getting the great deleveraging. And the story that we're bringing to the table right now to those listening to the show every week is that this is a story that's going to break out. There's going to be some money, real big money to be made in this market. And this article is showing the facts down to the to the nitty gritty, to the ounce per ounce story on on silver. So in the last segment, Darren, we were just discussing how, yes, yeah, sales, the, the market overall was in below $3 billion, And lo and behold, first half of the year, it's up to $27 billion, an explosive amount of bullion being purchased in the first half of the year. And then we also discussed the fact that going back to 2010, the reserves in the ground were 510,000 tons of silver. And since that time, it's come down to 307,000 tons of silver. So we are looking at a fast depleting resource that could be gone within the next 12 years. And that's if production doesn't ramp up, should the value of silver increase significantly. Now we add to that what we've discussed at length here on The Real Money Show, the fact that the market has been in a deficit for the better part of not 10 years or 15 or 20 years, but for the better part of 50 years, there has been more consumption than there has been production. That's a situation that can't last at low prices. Right. And it's also something that, again, you have to understand that silver is not just in jewelry and photography like it was in the late 70s when nobody owned a microwave oven. Today, it's in computers, cars, cell phones, plasma screen TVs, refrigerators, light switches. It's in uh, your iPad. It's in windows. It's in transition lenses. It's in athletic clothing to prevent it from getting smelly because it naturally absorbs bacteria. It's in military usages like missiles. There's a ton of silver, not a literal ton, but there's a lot of silver in a Tomahawk missile as an example. And all the medical usages bandages help to again help to heal burn burn victims and you're seeing it come out into things like on door handles and soaps and uh, toothbrushes things that where the silver will naturally absorb bacteria so that saying born with a silver spoon in your mouth those sorts of things so anyone look around you today 
Think of all the things that are digital and electronic and there's silver in it. And it's not just North America that that needs that resource. It's Europe, it's Eastern Europe, it's India, it's China, it's the BRIC nations. This is a resource that you use every day and are already invested in. And we're just showing you the story today as to why it's going to be explosive in price and why you should be getting in at this price at, at below $16 an ounce US rather than waiting for the much higher prices, which we'll talk about in a few moments. All right. He goes on in the article further to say, the hard fact is that silver consumption is now more than double new silver production each year. So in the face of this worldwide shortage of silver and our rapidly growing need for coinage, bar form, and other various silver products, the only real prudent course was to reduce the amount of dependence upon silver for making the coins in the minted programs, which is why in 1965, he quotes President Johnson in the U.S. as having said, you understand that these are changes we have to make. And he says, all of you know these changes are necessary for a simple reason. Silver is a scarce metal. Back then in the 60s, they were already saying and acknowledging that silver is starting to uh, be used up. It's starting to be put out into the public at a rate which was uh, not compatible for mintage, and they had to stop putting it in their coins. That was completed, and they had a stockpile of product. So let's go on here to... I, I just want to add one thing to that, though. We, we have heard that before, the Lyndon Johnson idea, and you, you have a video on, on YouTube, Darren, talking about how the value of three dimes uh, back in the 70s would buy you a gallon of gas, and the silver in those dimes today would still buy you a gallon of gas. Hence, silver protects against inflation long term. Um, but I, I don't want to give the impression here that there wasn't enough silver to be in the coinage. Because I, I don't think that's accurate. That's the same as saying, well, there's not enough gold in the world that we can't go back to a gold standard because there's not enough gold. That's totally false. The fact is, is there's always enough gold. You just have to revalue it to the proper price and then there's plenty of it. So unless, you know, maybe Lyndon Johnson was, you know, in part saying, look, we're printing a lot of money. Um, we know that it's not worth what what the face value of these coins are so we're taking it out it's not to say that it wasn't uh, that there wasn't a lack of it back then either because as we know by the late 70s there was only four billion ounces of silver which comparatively to what had been which was in the tens of 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 billions of ounces to go down to four billion yeah there was a shortage for sure if you look at that ratio nothing compared to what we have today which is what a billion above ground well, that's, that's delving into this a step further because that's what we've talked about for a long time, but it actually might be less than that, Jeremy. He breaks down the amount of storage and where it's at. He says that there is tonnage held in above ground stocks. There is tonnage held in custodial vaults, 50% of which is in Asia. There's tonnage held in ETFs. They're in government reserves, two thirds of which is Chinese held. So this is the East-West argument again. So let's go there for a second. And there's industrial private reserves, which certainly makes up a portion of what our clients do. We have industrial clients, we have non-industrial clients, but private reserves period, in which you'll see people putting them into their own vault and storage options like Guildhall offers. Remember folks, if it's not physical and can't be held in your hand, you really don't know if you own it or if it even exists. That's the only way to have it. And if you're new to the investment in holding physical precious metals as part of your portfolio, the first place to start is 
our e-store. Go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Acquire some physical product that you can hold in your hand. Take it home. Whether you're storing it uh, for yourself uh, or using a safety deposit box, or even if you decide you want to use our uh, depository to physically hold that product where you get your serial numbers, full transparency, so you know exactly where it is and what you own, the idea is just get some physical in your hand You'll, you'll understand as soon as you're holding a 100-ounce bar and you feel the weight of that 6.5 pounds. Uh, but the easiest way to do that is guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Look at the variety of products that are available. We've got combos, so you can buy a little bit of this, a little bit of that uh, for each budget level. And if you have any questions, of course, you can contact us at the office as well at uh, 1-877-8-SILVER. The article goes on to say... After the Washington G20 in November 2008 and the willingness expressed by the Concert of Nations to change the monetary system, which on a side note is one of the reasons we started this very show to discuss the concept of real money versus paper money, Chinese banks had offered their customers a way, an option to keep their cash in either yuan or gold or silver via ETFs. This meant that every Chinese bank now would have a stock of gold and silver. Unlike the West, these Chinese ETFs are officially supervised by the Chinese Central Bank. China has therefore well-established a reserve of silver, but whose exact weight is not revealed. So there's the old argument of East versus West. Once upon a time, you could walk up and down a street and somebody would flip a silver coin and you'd see that coin. It happened with the future, gen- the, the historical generations of our parents and our aunts and uncles and grandparents and so forth in this day and age doesn't happen. You don't see that lucky bloke walking down the street flipping a silver coin anymore. He buys it in coin sets or he buys it maybe the odd coin for his grandson or granddaughter. Right, as sort of a nostalgic relic kind of idea. 100%. At the, at the same time, what we've done is hand over the monetary system to you know, 10, 11 supposed wizards at a central bank that can somehow control the economy and the monetary system and print as much as needed, take out as much as needed, raise interest rates as needed, lower interest rates as needed, buffoonery, chicanery, it's all a bunch of BS. And when at the end of the day, the reason why gold and silver have been around for thousands of years is because they don't need the discipline of one single person who who we don't know what their political intentions are. We don't know what their philosophies are. Uh, we don't know what their backgrounds are and how they think and feel about things. And we don't know who's pulling their strings. And that's why gold is something that you can trust. And that's why, again, gold is up over 300% in the last 15 years. Silver not far behind that. And so holding it long term is a great way to hedge against these different types of policies from all these central banks around the globe, which at the end of the day, what are they doing? They're just, they're, they're, speaking up good games, uh, printing money where they need to and helping their friends where, they're ne- where they need to, but they don't really care about you. And in, the, and in the end of the day, when banks start to ask for their money back, which they will from all of the people that have been borrowing over the last bunch of years, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that say, well, wait a minute, you're not getting your money back. I better get my money back from the bank. And then the whole thing starts to collapse. And then people say, well, maybe it's time to get silver and gold. Of course, at that point, gold is trading at over three, $4,000 an ounce and silver's trading over $100 an ounce. And you are, you're okay with paying that price. So get in while you can. That's what you're saying. And that's the point of today's show. Maybe buying at these cheap value ranges is the best thing you can do for yourself if you believe like us in ownership of physical gold and silver. You are listening to The Real Money Show. When we come back, more about the LBMA comics, more about where 
the product is going and why all of that demand hasn't translated already into higher prices. We'll shed a little bit of light on that. We'll talk more about how the market looks to be set up as a short squeeze and why it could be cornered just like it was when the Hunt brothers bought silver in the 70s and where that price might take us. one 877 com is the website. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, in the last segment, we were talking about some of the situations impacting the silver market right now as we speak. In particular, what will be happening as this whole situation continues to develop? One of the questions that often gets asked by our clients is one which is very common amongst the entire world of buyers. Why is it that if we're seeing increased physical demand behind the scenes, and we're seeing more physical bars being bought than year over year, as we said earlier in the show, that the price of silver has not already skyrocketed. What is the reason for that in, in very layman terms? Oh, 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 I got an answer for that one. Yes. Back to my welcome back Cotter days. Um, so what we see is that rinse and repeat cycle going on in the COMEX and on the futures market where essentially you get this buildup of shorts in the market market goes gets pushed down and it forces people to sell product but it allows the bullion banks and a bank like JP Morgan to acquire physical on the cheap this isn't about making money uh long term you buying you know trying to push a market down which you know you you can blame one one bank but there's been multiple bankers over the course of the last year and a half who've been called out and been arrested and and tried and whatnot for spoofing the market. But the idea is that, hey, look, how do I get a cheaper price of physical silver and how do I accumulate it? Well, I accumulate it by buying it at a higher price, but shorting the market and then picking it up at the lower price. And so while most people don't take delivery because they see the price go down because most people are thinking the opposite way, it does allow for an entity like JP Morgan to acquire the product over a long period of time. Again, this isn't a way to profit in silver. The profit comes when the price goes up. The price doesn't, you're not profiting from, you know, a dollar swing in the market. You're profiting from eventually a $50 move up in the market. So I think as we talk right now, Darren, about who owns what, who owns silver, how much is being owned, and where the price can go, now we'll start to get a sense of who's set up to make a ridiculous amount of money when the value of silver rises from its current place. All right, well, I hope we can get this guy on the show because I'm going to look him up. Hopefully there wouldn't be a language barrier, but uh, this is an analyst which has been spot on in talking about these concepts. So let's get to the idea of where the physical product that does exist is. You've got the LBMA, the London Bullion uh, Metals Association. You've got the COMEX, which is the division of the NYMEX, which houses silver or other physical commodities Commodities like silver. Commodities exchange. And both of those entities are the largest known in the world. The LBMA being the oldest, been around for a long, long time. The COMEX been around also for a very long time, but not quite as much as the LBMA. The LBMA, if our folks don't listening don't already know, is one of the centers for setting price during the day. It happens twice a day. It's called the price fix, and it's where they discuss in the changing markets the fluidity of pricing. So if the price of silver is 1587, 
what is the price when it skips over to the next market and everybody settles and they have a couple of minutes of meetings. That's what we use these big exchanges for, among other things, which is trading in the paper futures market, something Guildhall has never done and will never do because we only believe in physical. So you have the LBMA and the COMEX, and between the two, we're talking less than a billion ounces. Okay. Now, a so billion who ounces- So what? These two exchanges have a billion o- less than a billion ounces available for people to acquire. Correct. Now, something has happened, again, behind the scenes without anybody knowing. We've talked to actually Andrew McGuire. People that are listening might know him as the whistleblower. Very well-known analyst in the market has been very active in talking about these behind-the-scenes things that are happening and why the price of silver hasn't rallied as high as it should. And he has discussed with us numerous times why this price where we are right now is so incredibly important to understand it in terms of value. And what he's saying is that we're seeing delays of delivery. So what one exchange is doing in New York, which is the COMEX, is basically sending all the requests for physical demand over to London, who has a slightly larger inventory saying, hey, can you guys fill this? Because we can't. Or don't want to. Or don't want to. Now, that's different than what happened when we first started getting in this business many eons ago. And essentially, that sets the table for the cornering of the market. Now, the largest single buyer of silver in the last six years, since 2012, JP Morgan, the bank. Okay, now we don't know why they're accumulating. We can all guess. But between 2012 and 2018, JPM has basically amassed 133 million ounces. That's 22.2 million ounces per year, and it represents 31.4% of all the deliveries that have been taken on the COMEX here in New York. Now, the COMEX only delivers around 47.8 million ounces per year, uh, and that's a huge chunk. We don't know why it's happening, but since the beginning of 2018, the COMEX has basically said... We can no longer fill these orders or don't want to, as you said, Jeremy, we don't know what the reason is. And they're sending these EFPs over to the LBMA in London. In just seven months, these EFPs have accounted for 1,820 million ounces or 51.5 tons of silver. And Darren, I just want to backtrack very quickly. 133 million ounces at current price of, let's say, 1550 is well over... $2 billion worth of silver. So what happens if the price doubles, triples? What happens if that 133 million ounces is leveraged five times, 10 times? There is a possibility here that you could turn that current stash into a trillion dollars. All right. So they're saying here essentially that these delivery requests in the first half of 2018 represent 45 times the semi-annual normal at the COMEX or 69 times the normal without the JPM amount. 60 times more of these have happened, 69 times more likely to happen than it has ever happened before. Why? It's because they're running out of silver. This is what this points at. This is why the cornering is being set up. The suggestion of a short squeeze is happening. In 2017, Silver mine production had been less than 22,500 tons. These delivery requests that are happening right now underneath the scenes behind everybody's back represent more than twice the amount of 2017 production, and it's concentrated in only seven months so far this year. If this continues by the end of 2018, 
by the end of this year, delivery requests for silver will be four years worth of production. Where do they get it? There's already delays on delivery. They're already using every trick in the book to try and kind of manipulate their way through push, stopping. It's trying to push it back a bit, trying Correct. to push off those deliveries. So that the prices don't go higher because if you have to fill those orders right away, of course, you have to go into the live open market to get it. If you have to go into the live open market to get it, to fill the order, then you have to buy product at prevailing prices, which means price of silver is at severe risk, not a slight risk, not a maybe it might happen, but at severe risk. Of a short squeeze, which will send the price of silver, not to 30 or 40 or $49 that we saw in 2011, but to $100, $150, an ounce. And and remember, what we're talking about is also very large orders in the market. This is for people who are ordering, uh, you know, 50,000, 100,000 orders of ounces of silver, uh, which which is causing those delays. But for the regular person on the street, for the regular investor who's buying a few hundred ounces up to a few thousand ounces of silver at any given time, that is available. And you can get that type of product through Guildhall Wealth. And our product is LBMA approved. That means it's the highest standard set for global trade. Uh, You'll hear the similar names like Republic Metals, Royal Canadian Mint, Pamp Swiss, these type of products. And you can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com and Go, in, go to the site and you can order your product today. It's all available for immediate pickup or immediate delivery. It's sent by Canada Post, fully insured. And then, of course, we also have the registered accounts where you can put this physical product in your registered account. You can go to the vault and personally hold your gold or silver in your hand. So we want you to understand that this is physical product that you can own and that you want to get into this market before the values in gold and silver completely skyrocket. So let's get back to this article and look at why the values are going to go so much higher and where they could potentially go, Darren. Well, let's put it into perspective. You just acknowledged JP Morgan is approaching 140 million ounces of silver. About 133 million ounces at last check. And Worth by end of year- Over 2 billion. Right. Now let's compare that to the previous cornering of the silver market back in the 70s. In the early 70s, the Hunt brothers, who some of you may have heard of, who had made their fortunes in oil, panicked at the sight of galloping inflation, which is coming, folks. Believe me, mark our words, we've talked about it ad nausea sometimes. Since the Federal Reserve back then had abandoned the defense of the fixed price of gold in dollars by getting rid of the gold standard in the United States, it was forbidden to hold uh, too much gold or silver. So the Hunt brothers got together and thought, hmm, how can we make this work to our benefit? They employed the help of other investors in eastern parts of the world And together, by January 1980, they had basically amassed around 100 million ounces of silver. That's it. And it took the price of silver from $1.30 all the way to over $50 an ounce. Eventually, they were crushed by the Fed, who changed the rules, who changed margin, who forced their exit out of those positions. But in the meantime, more millionaires were made investing in that low-valued price of silver quicker than in any other time in history. There's never been a snapshot in which in such a short period of time, 90 days, more millionaires were made than in that period of time. Now in 2009, China banned the export of silver, which basically deprived the market of approximately 154 million ounces a year. And we saw the same effect happen going into 10 and 11, where the price of silver shot from $18 an ounce 
all the way to $49 an ounce. And that's the same situation which is ramping up right now. When you've got one entity like JP Morgan amassing such a huge amount of silver and little dribs and drabs of silver being available to other buyers, this is where the situation becomes not a, well, it could go higher. Well, it might uh, go to 20 or 25 bucks an ounce. That'd be amazing. This is a cornering, folks. This is a short squeeze waiting to happen, which could happen any time now. And I think the takeaway just before we go to break here is that in the late 70s, the Hunt brothers who they magically cornered the market and which, you know, look, at the end of the day, there it was a good story. It made sense. They understood the fundamentals. They knew they couldn't buy gold. And by the way, it was only up until uh, several years ago, think about six, seven years ago, that in China, you couldn't buy silver. They opened that up to uh, its citizens, um, you know, several years ago, as well as blocking the export of silver as well. So again, as the takeaway for this segment, what we're discussing is the Hunt brothers were able to accumulate 100 million ounces of silver. JP Morgan noted, it's here, everyone knows it, they've already acquired up to 140 million ounces of silver, and yet... Back when the Hunt brothers did it, there was 4 billion ounces of silver above ground, and today there's less than 1 billion ounces of silver above ground. So we are headed somewhere very special in this market. All right. On the fourth segment, we're going to discuss a little more about this article, finish it off, talk a little more about demand, and uh, where we're heading at the end of 2018. We're going to touch on Argyle Pink Diamonds. Folks, this is a special time of year. This is when we see the Argyle tender. It's typically what leads to higher pink pricing. And if you're an investor and you're looking for an opportunity, this could be the segment for you to listen. We are on The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. And you are listening on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and alongside of me is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, what a tremendous show today. What an opportunity of a lifetime Silver is presenting for us. Gold also. We've talked about this article that we brought with us from Silver Doctors by a French analyst, and the basic takeaways from this article have been that Supply and demand is very precarious in the silver market right now, and it's happening behind the scenes. You've got basically one large entity in JP Morgan that has amassed over 130, almost 140 million ounces of silver in their holdings in a vault that has only existed since 2012. The cornering of the market that occurred in the 1970s, and I'll use the Hunt brothers, were, were the family that did this cornering, they had 100 million ounces by comparison. Now, add to that the fact that the amount of silver being pulled out of the ground is less and less and less. It's currently in a deficit and has been, and the demand or delays on delivery are increasing the world over. We are shipping those requests for physical metal seemingly overseas so that somebody else can fill those orders. You've got the argument of East and West, where you've got many investors in the East already well ahead of us here in the West in their accumulation and their understanding of why metals like gold and silver are long-term holds and value assets to ensure their wealth. And the whole scene is set up right now for a serious run in both the price of silver and gold. Yeah, and you know, you see that in 2017 investment demand was around 2.6 billion and for the first 6 months of 2018 it's jumped to 27 
uh, $27 billion. So you can see someone out there or many people out there have decided, whoa, it is time to get into this market. And I think as well, one of the things that we've discussed in the show, Darren, is the fact that with what JP Morgan has acquired up until this point, that there is a possibility that they could literally make a trillion dollars when the value of silver explodes to the upside. This is not a market where they're trying to keep it down forever because there's not the type of money to be made on the downside that there is when this market ultimately goes much, much higher. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. And essentially, if we were to conclude this article, the one of the last paragraphs states the following. It says between January and July of this year, 2018, the smart money, in quotes, asked delivery of 1.8 million ounces that they bought for approximately, as you said, just a little over $27 billion. They've started buying all the physical silver available on the market. When the second circle of insiders will be informed of this extraordinary opportunity, there will be a rush of new investors who will try to take advantage of the windfall. Billions of dollars will be invested in a very, very small market. The outcome, folks, is your guess. It's as good as mine. The price of silver, forget about $50 an ounce where we were just a few years ago. We're talking maybe $100 an ounce, maybe more. But ultimately, this reality is coming to fruition, and it's not going to happen in 10 years from this point in time. There is a very clear picture being presented to you as an investor, and that is that you have an opportunity and you need to do the due diligence. If you go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com, or you call the number one eight seven seven eight silver you'll start that journey, which I think will be well worth your time. Now, I think the other part of this that we're seeing as something that kind of uh, weaves in and out of this article that we've been discussing today, Darren, is physical. Physical, physical, physical. We haven't talked about uh, certificates or ETFs or futures or options and all of these things that some entity out there wants the real deal. And I think for anyone that wants to invest in precious metals, the whole purpose is to have something that's negatively correlated to paper, negatively correlated to currencies negatively correlated to uh, financial assets and assets like the stock market and, and things like that. So in order to do that, you want to acquire the actual physical product. Now at Guildhall, that's all we do. And we make it very easy. You can go to the you can go to our e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com, acquire, you know, you can do a hundred ounce bar of silver, a kilo bar of silver, ten ounce bar, even one ounce bar, and of course the coins, silver maples, uh, Canadian maples are one of our most popular product. And all of the product that there that it, you'll see on that site is available for immediate delivery. And it's very, very simple acquire your product, take it home. If you've decided you wanted to acquire uh, quite a bit, you can use our depository storage, which is a LBMA-approved vault. It's located in Toronto. You would get your serial numbers. It's an allocated, segregated account to you, the investor, not to Guildhall. And this is your product held individually at an independent vault. You can go to the vault to personally audit your holdings. You can take delivery anytime you want. Uh, Very transparent, very easy. And again, if you're not getting serial numbers and if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So we're doing it the right way at Guildhall. And we take that even one step further, of course, Darren, which is the registered accounts. 
If you like the idea of holding gold long term, why not put it in your RSP, your Lira, your LIF, um, even your, you could even put silver in your TFSA. So this is a great opportunity and we're very generous at Guildhall. For every $5,000 invested US within your registered account, up to 50,000, you will get one gram of gold. So you can get up to 10 grams of gold in for yourself by investing in physical precious metals with Guildhall for your RRSP. Just imagine that, folks, what it looks like and how feels is just a short phone call away. Come to the office, get into Guildhall, and have a meeting with us. Sit down and talk about what you'd like to do in terms of getting some physical bullion into your portfolio. And remember, if you're buying silver and gold and you're looking at the same reasons uh, for both metals, you're more than likely to appreciate the fact that we also have natural fancy colored diamonds. Now, one other aspect of this uh, this whole rush to hard assets in the long term has been the fact that as a collectible, as a rarity, as a part of the hard asset group, colored diamonds have been brilliant. And we would be totally remiss if we hadn't discussed on this very show the importance of understanding those underlying fundamentals and how they are applicable to the ownership of a natural fancy colored diamond. I don't need to know everything. I just need to know that a colored diamond is portable wealth, folks. It can be held in the palm of your hand and have the same value as your home or more. It is rarity. It is everything that I like about looking for something that could, over the long term, present with much higher value because of that rarity. And one of the aspects of the natural fancy colored diamond market that we love best is talking about the pink tender that comes about once a year at the Argyle Mine in Western Australia. Now that particular tender is a collection of the year's greatest diamonds that their cutters and the people at the mine have put together and is now on tour. The bidding process has been open and will be open until October. It starts in Hong Kong and that collection is just over 60 lots of the finest color diamonds you'll ever find. The value of which we are told and we are led to believe from those close to Argyle is going to be the highest ever bidded upon to date. It's been open since 8485 and uh, this will mark something very bittersweet, one of the very last times people around the world will get this opportunity. And that's exactly why the values are going to be crazy because we know there's a limited amount of these tenders to be shown, uh, to become available, and the story has gotten out to a great degree. People understand that pink diamonds in many respects, uh, according to the Fancy Color Research Foundation, have gone up over 400% in the last 10 years. And it's because they're beautiful, they're incredibly rare, and as a result, wealthy people want to put their money in a place that's very safe. And by having a hard asset like a natural fancy colored diamond, uh, they're accomplishing those goals. It's very simple. It's concentrated wealth, uh, very easily transported. Um, it's a very easy transaction, um, private transaction. And so the wealthy put their money into uh, hard assets like these because the rarer they are, the stronger their values over time. And so it just makes perfect sense. And, and we've seen things in this market that are unbelievable, and yet you become accustomed to them. Things like I remember hearing uh, where Lawrence Graff sold a diamond for a ridiculous sum. It was a yellow diamond, only to buy it back at a more ridiculous sum several years later. And you have to wonder, why does someone spend millions and millions of, of dollars for something that you can literally wear on your finger 
it's because they are so rare, so beautiful, they rise in value consistently, and it's money in the bank, as we like to say in the industry. So these pink diamonds, what Guildhall has really focused on over the last decade and more is to not just acquire pink diamonds that have have and show incredible color and strength of color, which is num- the most important thing, but also to find pink diamonds that have incredible clarity. Most pink diamonds that you'll see actually have very low clarity. We call them I1, SI1. These are, these are um, inclusions that you could see with the naked eye. And where Guildhall differs is we go after investment-grade diamonds that are VS quality or above, which is considered I-clean in the business. So when you hear the term I-clean, it means that the diamond is a VS quality or better. Uh, VS1, VS2, VVS1, VS2, and then you get into internally flawless. Now, what we've done at Guildhall as well is to uh, provide pink diamonds as well as yellow diamonds. We love yellow diamonds as well. We have greens uh, that are incredibly rare, rare, and there's a great blog article on our site about green diamonds and what makes them so special. But we do this across all budgets. So you could get a pink diamond in the millions, in the hundreds of thousands, or you could even get an Argyle diamond in that's just under $30,000 Canadian. So we're, we're enabling every investor to be able to get involved in this incredibly exciting market and something that you're going to want to have uh, even generationally, I think. All right, folks, the insight on the four C's of diamond investing certainly doesn't stop at just that. It's the expertise that goes in understanding the diamond mines themselves, in particular Argyle, is slated to close within the next couple of years. It presents opportunity, folks. That's what it is. It comes down to rarity. And this day and age might be hard to find, especially with collapsing home values and the expectation that the stock market cannot continue to rise. You may well look somewhere else to find that kind of validity in your portfolio. And natural fancy colored diamonds may be something that allows you to sleep at night knowing you're making money while you do so. If you'd like to see more of those, guildhallwealth.com is the website where we have many photos show you our entire inventory. You can take a peek at those colored diamonds, get educated, and also use the number 18778 silver to call into Guildhall and get as much information as you can. We have a free investor package that includes information on natural fancy colored diamonds as well as gold and silver. We talk about our storage options and everything that we can do to help you as an investor as well as what options are out there for your budget. As Jeremy said, there is a myriad of different choices for you as an investor. You have been listening to The Real Money Show this week. We are glad that you did, and we thank you very much for that. We look forward to speaking with you next time. And you have been listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.